With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey everybody, what's up? Welcome into Best on the Board, presented by Bat and Another day, another slate of NBA playoff games to talk on Best on the Board. I am Michael Beller. I am joined by Brandon Funston. Funston, what's up? Oh, just nice to have the water under the bridge carrying away our picks from uh, uh, last night's games, the uh, Tuesday night's games. So uh, looking forward to starting uh, fresh with a new set of picks today. Fresh with the new set of picks. Yes, all one and two across the board for Tuesday night. Today we look at the Thursday games. Dan Santa Ramita doing it with us as well. What's up, Dan? Hey, you know, it's it's funny because I, I had a friend text me a few days ago, you know, we haven't really had any weird random results in the playoffs yet. And then we got Devin Booker's injury, and now it's mm-hmm. like random, like that series could be up for grabs. The, the NBA favorite, uh, you know, betting favorite is who knows mm-hmm. what they're going to be. Everything's, uh, it's all set up for like the Warriors, which is not the fun new champion I was hoping for <laughs> with uh, this op- wide open playoff field. Yeah, hopefully this Devin Booker hamstring injury is something that's not too bad. Of course, dealt with the hamstring injury during the regular season. So fingers crossed, just as an impartial basketball fan, you don't want to see the best player on the best team get hurt in the first round of the playoffs and and throw everything into flux in that way. So hopefully all can be well for Devin Booker. And hopefully all can be well for us today on this episode of Best on the Board, you guys. As I said, we are looking at Thursday's games. If you are listening to this on Wednesday when we are recording it, we do have an episode covering Wednesday's games. Just go back an episode or two in the feed and you will find our picks for Celtics Nets, Sixers Raptors, and Bucks Bulls on Wednesday night. But today, we look at the three Thursday games as they stand right now, about noon central on Wednesday. We've got Grizzlies minus one and a half against the T-Wolves. 237 and a half is the total on that game. Guys, I have, I have after the first two games, I am, my confidence is totally shot in handling this series. <laughs> totally. Like, I was like, all right, Grizzlies, you figure this out. You, like, you guys are awesome. Game one, boom, T-Wolves get the uh, the upset victory. Then, all right, T-Wolves, you look, you've looked great recently. You look great in game one. This should at least stay within six and a half, right? And Memphis just totally controlled that game from start to finish. Not even really ever a game between those two teams. So I'm, I'm just going to sit back. Dan, I'll let you like attack this first. How are you looking at this series now, shifting to Minnesota, tied at one? Yeah, it's funny you're staying away from it because I think there's actually the most opportunity in this game. Uh, for oh, one, I'm not staying away. I just I'm just saying I have no confidence <laughs> in my picks. Okay, and- fair <laughs> enough. Touche, touche. Uh, but but I think first of all, I want to brag a little bit about hitting an under by 21 and a half points. That was fantastic. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you don't get to do that too often with a number no. that high. Obviously, you can't. But but no, I think the more interesting thing going forward here is what happened with Stephen Adams in Game Two. So he picks up two fouls in three minutes and doesn't play ever again. (laughs) And basically that swings the series, or at least that game for sure, and may swing the series. Um, So, yeah, basically Xavier Tillman came in, played 21 minutes. Cat 
only had seven field goal attempts. I played his under in game one and got burned, and then I missed the opportunity here in game two. So I'm going back to the cat under because I think Taylor Jenkins, I think, you know, if, for anyone listening, find the audio clip of him explaining why he made this decision to bench a really good center in Steven Adams for basically an mm-hmm. entire game. I think it's, um, and first of all, the fact that, that Adams was kind of happy to go with it and be a cheerleader and not pout and just be a team player. Like, hey, this is work and do it. I think they figured something out, and it's on Minnesota to figure out the adjustment. So um, I'm going cat under 25 and a half points, and I'm going with the Grizzlies minus one and a half. I think they figured something out, and they have more depth and more pieces. So if it's going to be a chess game of matchups, I think this is where it favors the Grizzlies. Yeah, I'm going to go back to the over in this game, which is at 238. We got... We got, uh, what, 247 in game one with 130 from Minnesota. We got 124 from Memphis uh, in the second game. We've talked about how both these teams are willing to just, you know, pick up the pace and go with it. And it's really what's happened. The problem is Minnesota shot about 10% worse from the field and behind the arc in game two. They go back home. I and mean, if they shoot a normal game, uh, I think we're pushing that over in, in game two as well. I, I expect these two teams now being kind of settled knowing who they are after after two games minnesota goes back home where they're comfortable i mm-hmm. i feel like we're going to get another track meet but with minnesota shooting better the second time around so i'll take the over on 238 i'm not going to touch who wins who loses because this is almost a pick em, and i yep. i just don't have a good feel on that but i feel better about the over than the under this time around See, that's where I'm coming from, too. And that's why I say I'm not staying away from it, Dan, because I don't have a feel on the, the series itself. And you make a great point about the move Taylor Jenkins made and uh, that could the effect that that could have on the rest of this series. But I do feel like this is still going to be a very high-scoring series. And like, let's just look at the first two games, right, where we were talking about totals in the low 240s. And now, after just one of those goes under, we get this drop of four points from where it was last game. 237 and a half, actually, Funston. So 238 okay. will be winners. Yeah. So I'm going with you. I'm with you on this. I'm going over. Like, this is still a – these are still, like – you know the playoffs obviously bring out a little bit of, uh, of difference in, in almost every single team, and you know it, it's all well and good for Memphis to be able to run up and down the floor against the dregs of the Western Conference in December and January and February. It's a totally different look once you get into the postseason, but the players still are who they are, and, and the scheme still is what it is, and the makeup of these teams and the way that they want to play that still is not going to change dramatically. There's going to be some changes on the margins that could make the difference in a seven-game series, but the teams still are who they are. And so for us to suddenly, after getting a 247 in game one and then a 220 in game two to drop from where we've been living in this series, 240, 242, down to 237 and a half, I'm just going to play the odds here and say that these two teams get to that mark. And Funston, I think Funston, your point is great here. You had oh, you have the winning teams in these in the games in these in the series put up 130 and 124. Mm-hmm. And the time 130, we cleared it pretty comfortably. 124, you know, the winning team did its part. Minnesota just had a horrible shooting night. And of course, Memphis has a little something to do with that. But we don't need a ton of course correction from Mem- from Minnesota, excuse me, to get back onto a play- place where we're feeling pretty good about this uh, game going over the 237 and a half that we needed to go over. So I still trust these teams and their DNA to be what they are. I think we go over 237 and a half, even if Dan's right about the uh, the adjustment. And Cat, a guy who we would count on getting, you know, 26, 28 to get us to that number, even if that ends up coming under, there's just so many options and so much pace in this game that I think we can't get to 238. 
We just need D'Angelo Russell, who averaged 31 against Memphis in the regular season, is averaging 10 and a half in the two games in the postseason. We just need him to get back to where he was against the Grizz, you know, during the regular season, and that would let's do that it. would take care of business right there. Let's do it, D'Angelo. Let's get back to where you were, and let's get us all winners, right? DeAngelo, like cat under. Uh, Grizzlies win, but the game scores 238 or above because D'Angelo Russell has himself a great game. Let's see something along those lines. I like the way that we're thinking there. I like the way I'm thinking, at least. This is a series that I feel a lot better about. Jazz and Mavericks, Jazz six-and-a-half-point favorites as this goes back to Utah, or goes to Utah for the first time, tied at one, two ten and a half. the total on this game. Boyan Bogdanovich is a, is a problem for Memphis, for uh, Dallas, and we've seen that over the first two games. 26 points in game one, 25 points in game two. Just that, you know, that, that screen curl game that he has operating in the mid-range, uh, you know, getting those elbow jumpers, those free throw line jumpers. Like that is, it's a, it's a problem for Dallas. And, and Dallas seems to have an, something of an answer for the other players on Utah at times. But uh, Bogdanovich's game just has played really, really well in this series, and I think because of the matchups, will continue to play well. Dallas doesn't sound super optimistic about Luka Doncic, of course, as we are you know, 48 hours away from this game, or 24 hours, excuse me, away from this game, they're saying all the right things about him, but even those right things are like, yeah, you know, he's getting better, he's still day-to-day, and like, I don't know, I think we'd be hearing something at least a little bit more optimistic if they had a real hope of him being out there for this game, so without Luka, with Luka, I think this is a great matchup for Bogdanovich. We've seen that play out over the first two games of this series. I think that's going to be a consistent weapon for Utah in this series, however long it goes. 21 and a half, the points on Bogdanovich's prop. Give me over Boyan Bogdanovich on the 21 and a half. I think he has to be the consistent go-to guy for Utah in this series. And uh, that's where I think this team lives. Still six and a half point favorites. Got to like that as well. So that's where I'm going. Boyan Bogdanovich is my top play of this game. I'm toying around with a little bit of other things in this series, but Funston, I'm going to let you take it away next for what you're thinking with this game three. Well, first of all, Spider-Man, Donovan Mitchell's been in the 30s both games, and his his points prop is 29 and a half. He, he was over 30 in both home games against Dallas during the regular season. It's it's, it's postseason Spider-Man, man. Yep. If, if, if your prop's not 30-plus, then I'm interested in, in the over on that. So uh, you can put me down for him getting in the 30s again, and I, you can put me down for the Jazz, who I cursed – up and down for their just laying that egg in that last game, but they're here. They go. They come home, uh, and I just think they're gonna. I think they're gonna smack down on Dallas without Luca in this one. I think we're gonna see. I think we're gonna see a potential double digit um, win for the Jazz. So I'm happy to. I'm happy to lay the six and take the Jazz. I like Bella where your head's at on Bogdanovich because I think that's the kind of play that, like you, like you said. With or without Luca, you like it. I think everything else I'm kind of weary of playing because it's such a massive shift for how both teams play if he ends up playing, even if he's not 100%. I still want to be to lean uh, with the Jazz. I mean, if it's if he doesn't play, the line probably moves another point and a half, you know, based on the news of that. But, um, yeah, I, I feel like Utah should cover this. The only thing that makes me nervous is I feel like Dallas figured something out in game two matchup-wise. In terms of Gobert, you know, this is always the thing with Gobert inside, right? He's, I think I saw him on the broadcast, they called him a goalie, basically, right? Like, he doesn't really defend outside the paint. 
and you can play around that if they're not switching well or if he's not covering the shooters or whatever. There are ways to scheme around him, and I think Dallas did a better job of that. Obviously, this look, this offense without Luke is totally different. They have to – I mean, Brunson's been playing up his mind, but they have to figure out – how that offense works over 48 minutes without Luca, and they're still kind of going mm-hmm. through that process. I mean, the way it worked in that game, too, was Maxi Kleber making eight threes and Jalen Brunson scoring 41 points. Yeah, fair. which is just totally <laughs> out, like totally outrageous. And the other, I mean, the other, the other big change I think that da- that we saw from Dallas um, was the minutes reduction for Bertans for Davis Bertans, uh, a turnstile defensively. And Utah, I mean, that was Utah just kept. It was it was whoever Bertans was on was where Utah was going. Mitchell go to him, Bogdanovich go to like whoever he was on. They, that's where they were going, and they were getting so much offense from that in Game One. And then Bertans only played 13 minutes in Game Two. But still, like we talked about it a couple of shows ago, we were all upset with the the way Utah closed or didn't close that game, as the case may be. I mean, they were up seven with six minutes, something like that, with five minutes left in the game, and then just. They, they couldn't do anything offensively the rest of the way. And Dallas made everything down the stretch in that game. Dallas looked like Duke in the NCAA tournament in those couple of games where they just, where they went, you know, back to back games where they went like 19 for 19 in the final five minutes of, uh, of consecutive games. That was what Dallas looked like. It was all Kleber and, and Jalen Brunson being Allen Iverson. It was, it was <laughs> ridiculous. And so like that, that's where I'm going to, I, I've got two plays in this game. I just think that, the Jazz take care of business. And, like, I, I am comfortable right now. I hear what you're saying, Dan, but I am comfortable right now taking the Jazz and assuming Luka's not playing. I just think – I feel like we'd be hearing something a little bit more optimistic. And I just don't think that – I don't think that the – I don't think books would let themselves be so exposed to hang a six-and-a-half out there if they were really that concerned that Luka was going to be back in game three. Yeah, I think if they go down – two to one and there's any chance that he can play they'll bring him out you know when they're in a deficit but them getting Mm -hmm. that win at home i think bought him an extra game at least before they try to push the envelope on that yeah so utah really i mean this is uh this is sort of a must for utah i would also i would say like getting back home probably no luca and then certainly if uh, it becomes no luca this is a must of the game for Utah. You can't come back home, play against a team without its best player. You just gave away game two, frankly. I mean, that's a little unfair to the way Dallas, to the way Kleber and, and Brunson played. But you had game two in a very winnable spot. I'll say it like that. And you let it get away from you. This is a must game for Utah. Funston and I buying into that, certainly. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So that final game we are moving on to on Thursday night is between the Warriors and the Nuggets. This series shifts to Denver with Golden State holding as commanding a 2-0 lead as you are ever going to see because these games have just been absolute drubbings by the Warriors. 224.5 is the total on this one. Warriors 1.5 point favorites in Denver. And like I know that that like one and a half just feels like they're like the books hanging it out there for us to just go and jump on it and bend out like, oh, Warriors, they crush game one they crush game two they've got death lineup 2.0 one and a half boom i am doing it and it makes you feel like a sucker but boom i am doing it this series is over over 
you guys, the Warriors are going to cruise. I, I, give me the Warriors at minus one and a half all day. Uh, I think this is going to be a gentleman's sweep. And, <laughs> yeah. and this, this is Denver going home, knowing psychology-wise, this is their last stand to, to get any kind of momentum in this series. If they lose game three at home after the drubbing they had in the first two, that's it. You know, they're going to they're gonna be just dead psychologi- psychologically for game four. So I think we're going to get the, the best game, the best effort Denver has and everything but the kitchen sink. So I'm going to – I love Golden State. I've been talking them up the whole time. I think they have a, you have, been. have a really good chance to, you know, go all the way this year. But I think I'm going to go ahead and, and go and take the, take the point and a half and take mm-hmm. Denver. Wow. Uh, I'm with Bowen on this one. I, I just think the Warriors are too good. Like this, like you said, death lineup or whatever you want to call it, death, fully operational Death Star. This this Warriors team is just uh, they're just too good right now. And I mean, it, Jordan Poole playing this well—that's the thing that like that that ends it, right? Like that's Clay's firing. Curry's not even 100, percent although he's been pretty efficient. They're just limiting his minutes because they haven't needed more. But I mean, that's the thing is is this. Warriors team, especially with Devin Booker's injury, really starting to look like the best team in the playoffs right now. Obviously, it's mm-hmm. two games in for most teams, so we're at that point of like it's you know early enough things will evolve and change. But through what we've seen, they've looked the best. So I'm just going to stick with that. Don't overthink it. Yeah, that's that's what I'm thinking here. I saw a, a tweet that made me laugh from uh, a guy who tweets often that makes me laugh, Grant Brisby, who covers the Giants, the San Francisco Giants here for us at uh, at the Athletic and, uh, you know, Bay Area guy, a big Warriors fan himself. And he's like, you know, it's easy the way to cover this new death lineup. All you got to do is double Steph, put your best defender on Clay, put uh, your biggest guy on Draymond and hope for that, that for some reason Steve Kerr has Jordan Poole on the bench. <laughs> Yeah, that's easy. and that's how, you, and that's how, and that's how you stop the Warriors, and that's that's what it, when you watch them, that's what it feels like. It, it's just it's yeah. it's just it's it's wild what they've been able to uh, put together, um, and like it seemingly like put it together just like yeah, I know like this is something that has been coalescing during the regular season, but you know this was a team that had some injuries and and dealt with uh, you know just missing players during the year and obviously like once things were pretty comfortable for them you know the just the the slog of the second half of the NBA season you know they we, we didn't necessarily see this on a night in night out basis and then here they are in the playoffs and, and they slap this together and they just look unbeatable as they're playing right now i, I do think though i you know i think i think funston makes a good point about where the Nuggets stand. And so just looking at some Nikola Jokic props, because again, that's where our, our eyes are going to just tend to be drawn with this Denver team. 29 and a half is his points prop for this game. 51 and a half on the PRA. I worry about the PRA just because of Denver's offense, you know, this series, like it just, it hasn't been able to get going. And Draymond Green again, like, you know, Marcus Smart's got that trophy. But maybe Draymond Green is the best defensive player in the league, and so he's been able to to clamp down on on Nikola in a way that we're just not used to seeing. So I, as much as I want to get in on these Jokic props, I think I probably stay away and just ride with the Warriors. Yeah, I was running through the fifty one and a half PRA, going well thirty four, like fourteen and five. That doesn't get you there. I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. I, that's just too much. But is is Jokic really going to have a have a you know, series against the Warriors here where he doesn't get a 30 point game. So that yeah. if I was in on it, it would be the points again. I Same. keep chasing that, but and I, I'm like, okay, 
he's the he's gonna be the MVP and Draymond Green is his kryptonite. Come on. I mean teams have thrown <laughs> everything at this guy. He's the only guy there. I gotta think that Jokic right. has a has a counterpunch coming here. I mean, I think he's got a counterpunch coming too, but you know. I mean, I give still. give give Draymond credit. I mean, and give yeah. the Warriors credit for what they've done so far for sure. Yeah, it really has been, you know, pretty pretty remarkable the way that they have controlled these two games. I thought I thought they were going to win this series. I thought it was going to be a good series. You know, I thought we were going to get, you know, like something like a six-gamer or like a at least like a five-gamer with some close games. Like I thought we were going to get close games and a longish series and they just completely controlled. It's them in Philly who have just like been like wow. And Philly has had the um the help of the Scotty Barnes injury on the fly. Yeah, and meanwhile, Golden State is just destroying what was a, a really good Denver team with almost certainly the MVP of the league. It's been crazy, been absolutely crazy to watch. How do you guys feel about Warriors futures right now? Because uh, the Suns were, I think I saw them at plus two hundred before Game Two. I'm looking at plus three hundred, and the Warriors are three seventy five. Do you like that price? Mm-hmm. Too low. What's our? What's what, our... That, that's the championship price. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Obviously, yeah. Um, what's the no? Booker? I don't think that's. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I was at the, the Warriors and uh, the Heat were my two, uh, you know, long plays here. But um, yeah, I mean, it should be. I mean, the Booker injury should, I believe, have a greater impact than it has on these mm-hmm. on these future odds. Yeah. I no agree. respect for the Grizzlies. Fourteen hundred for the Grizzlies. It seems like every day, man, every day. What a great first round we're already having, and like, <laughs> yeah. we, like we haven't even we haven't even scratched the surface <laughs> of the playoffs. We're going to be here six weeks from now, still talking about the NBA playoffs. So this is just what a great, great first round we're already having and already enjoying. And hopefully, we can enjoy it with some winning bets today and tomorrow, as we I have given you plays for both Wednesday and Thursday games on Best on Board over these last couple of days. That's going to do it for this episode of Best on Board. For Funston and Danny, I am Michael Beller. Good luck. Happy betting. We'll talk to you soon.